Hi, Ian. Really nice to meet you. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I know listeners are going to be really fascinated to hear your thoughts about authenticity. So I wonder if you could tell everybody a little bit about yourself and just give us a bit of context in terms of who you are. First of all, thanks, Amy, for giving me the opportunity to share some of my leadership insights with you. Um, I've worked in the NHS since 2010, and today I'm employed as a director of NHS Resolution, which is the NHS's in-house insurer, and it's a arm's length body of the Department of Health and Social Care. And I've been here for about five years, and before then, I worked in commissioning, principally in Northwest London. I mean, I guess just looking more broadly, my career formatively started in the BBC. I was there for over a dozen years in kind of middle management roles. And that, that's when I first got into being a leader within a kind of organisational setting, um, yeah. both operationally and in a people uh, sense. Alongside my career, I've also had the privilege of serving my local community as an elected local authority councillor for almost 20 years and aside from that, I also serve on a number of charity uh, trustee uh, roles, principally concerned with homelessness and young people. So hopefully I've got some interesting things to share with listeners today. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's a really powerful message about who you are. I think actually just those two minutes tells us an awful lot about the man that you are. So, um, yeah, I'm really grateful. When you first heard about this project, what was it about this piece of work that interested you, that, that made you feel like, yeah, I'd like to be involved in that? I think the whole topic of authentic leadership is something that's still in gestation. It's still evolving and developing. I mean, we hear a lot in our day-to-day -day lives about authenticity, walking with talk, et cetera, et cetera, as organizational, as system, as community leaders, whatever lens you wish to use. But I think, I think the whole concept of authentic leadership is something which probably is something which each individual will interpret and practice in their own particular way. I mean, just a few initial reflections on the topic from me based on my experience. You know, I think it's around the, certainly the visibility piece, and there's huge challenges, of course, at the moment in the context of the ongoing concerns around the pandemic, uh, the rapid shift to home working, moving now to hybrid working, et cetera. So there's practical aspects about authenticity in a two-dimensional world, shall yes. we say, in the context of that visibility piece. Um, and I think, Interestingly, the, 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 the pandemic itself has enabled, certainly me speaking personally, enabled me to, to take a step back in some regards and to, to be slightly more reflective around my leadership behaviours and the impact of those behaviours on those around me. So actually, it's, it's interesting that context can change our views of things, can't it? And it's almost like the, the, the change through the pandemic has started to shift things in your mind and with and with that in, in in our minds why do you think being authentic as a leader is really important i mean first and foremost you know leaders don't have all the answers in fact quite often i think leaders need to have more of the questions than the answers 
mm-hmm. um, and that's that's both from a, a kind of contingency point of view in terms of being able to to shift and morph and evolve to cope with different situations literally day to day hour by hour but also I think it indicates that um, you know le- leaders and the concept of leadership is something which both reflects the individual but also reflects the individual operating within a particular particular context and that context can also can also change so you know you might find yourself uh, leading uh, purely through a kind of internal lens uh, but conversely you might find that shifting rapidly to representing your organization again as a leader uh, on a wider more systems level lens as well so I think that that kind of being first of all being reflective of the of that dynamic I think is a, an important part of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, in my own mind and through experience directly leading and leadership is around relationship building yes. and executing your authority as a leader mm-hmm. and the accountability that you have that comes with that authority as a leader through, with and through others. So fundamentally, you know, your success as a leader can only be determined by the success of those around you. Just a few further reflections on the pandemic. I think from a, a leadership perspective within the NHS, where I work today, you know, I'm absolutely very proud of the compassionate response that I and the rest of my leadership team at NHS Resolution has shown to the wider workforce. And by, by that, I mean, we made a rapid move, like many organisations, to home working. But ever since then, we, we've dialed up the degree and the depth of engagement with our workforce. Um, we've responded um, even when we haven't had the full or even partial answers to their concerns. But I think just being visible, showing concern, taking time, making time, more time to engage with colleagues, I think has, has been a real trait uh, that we have been conscious to um, exemplify over the last uh, 20 months or so. Mm. Thank you for that. It's almost like beyond competence and skill in your job, the other two raw ingredients are authenticity and compassion. And I think that's really interesting, the point that you bring in, that your authenticity is part of that role modelling for others and, you know, kind of brings, you know, to it that your relationships um, and I wonder if there's a, a difference there or, there or an impact there if you're part of the LGBTQ plus community. Indeed. And, you know, there's a whole kind of nuanced set of, of considerations there. So I've been openly gay throughout my adult life in all of my professional spheres. And I'm very, very both grateful uh, for the support that I've had for, from all of my employers during my 30 plus year career. Um, but I'm also very aware, Amy, that you know other people are not in that same position necessarily, even in the UK today. For instance, I, you know, data from Stonewall, for example, tell us that around a quarter of UK graduates go back into the closet. Um, having been out at uni, they go back into the closet when they when they enter the workspace, so, so something isn't quite right there. Certainly, mm-hmm. in terms of both those individuals feeling safe to be who they are, part of the authentic theme, but also, you know, what does that say about those employers in terms of nurturing that 
aspect of, of authenticity in the workplace. Um, but from my perspective, you know, I, I've had a great deal of support uh, around me. I think it, it reflects a few things. So, you know, I've, uh, yes, my sexual orientation is, is a very, very central part of who I am. Of course, it is like like all of us. Um, but sexual orientation identity can be less or more visible depending on the circumstance, the situation and the individual. Of course. Um, in, in contrast, most obviously, to gender, uh, aspects of race, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, as a kind of protected characteristic, I'm always very aware that as an open gay man, there may be others in the room, actual or virtual, with me who may not be as visible as I am. So I'm hoping that through my being authentic as who I am and open about who I am, will help to nurture an element of confidence and hopefully greater understanding as well uh, among the whole of the workforce that I'm, I'm working with. Mm. So I guess I hear from that, that sense of emotional intelligence, that you're you're using your own authenticity to set a safe culture for others around you, hopefully to feel co- more confident in being themselves. Absolutely. And we've got some great examples here at NHS Resolution recently where we've set up a BAME staff network about a year ago. And interestingly, the the two individuals who took the initiative and ran with it and were supported to set it up to fairly junior staff members stemmed from my own team, um, which is great. And I know, having spoken with, with the two individuals about one of the prompts was them feeling confident of having the support from me as their director in so doing because of them knowing who I am within the workplace. And that's a really powerful example, isn't it? Because your authenticity in work contributed massively to that as an opportunity for for other people to feel psychologically safe. Um, So it's interesting for me that that's where your head is now, that's where your confidence levels lie. How have you navigated through this process as a younger man earlier in your career? You know, was that a conscious thing? Did it just happen? How did you take that step from perhaps being the the out student into the workplace? Uh, So being very honest with you, I'm a pretty driven individual. Um, and, you know, not, not, not at all costs, however. I think one needs to kind of temper that. Absolutely. Uh, not, not in a sort of obsessional way, but driven. But also, I think most importantly, Amy, I think it's, a lot of it comes down to self-respect and self-awareness. And, you know, I, I've been on a journey throughout all my life um, at the risk of sounding like a cliche, you know, coming from a, a fairly modest working class family, in Liverpool, hence you can tell by my accent, I'm sure. <laughs> but seriously, so yeah, that's where I grew up. And I was in, you know, grew up in Liverpool up to the age of 18, then made the move to London um, to you know, literally find myself, as a lot of young people do within the, the higher education context, uh, going through that kind of life stage. Um, so, you know, having the facility um, and the agency, if you will, to, to, to do that 
was a was a privilege at the time. And again, not everyone has the option or opportunity to go to higher education and have that nurturing, safe environment that I had. Um, but it's always struck me that you know throughout my career I've grown both both um, you know sort of managerially and sectorally, having some you know opportunities to to undertake some really fascinating roles and impact. Um, across society. And again, another part of this conversation is how my personal values around social inclusion, social mobility, uh, partly reflect my being an open gay man, but also more roundedly reflect other elements as to who I am, that that growth that I just you know described from my family background in the Northwest through to um, you know, holding down a pretty senior role um, nationally for the NHS and work I do in a pretty high-profile sense outside of that in my local community. So there is something that you're saying that's that's inside you, that it isn't just about your sexual orientation, but it's about everything about you. I think you use the word driven. Um, and so I guess for some people it is very much about forging their own path and for other young people, I guess it's it's going to be slightly different. So my last question for you really is what advice would you give to young people coming out into the workforce now um, who may who may not be quite as confidently driven? How how would you kind of support and advise them through a few words? I think first and foremost, seek out help and support from those around you. I mean, there's nothing I um, appreciate better than being asked for my views and to provide some of my insights and my personal reflections to those around me, whether that's from a, a sort of coaching, mentoring perspective or, or uh, in, in a less less um, managed or less structured way, if you will. So, you know, there, there, there will be those within the organisation, I hope that you can you can reach out to if that isn't the case then clearly networks today whether it's by social media or organized groups what have you again i think can play a really really important part i think the role of straight allies is something that i would also emphasize yes um, and you know if you strike up a relationship a, a conversation with a straight ally um it, remember that they too are possibly going to be on a journey with you in yes kind of maturing uh, their own view uh, around sexual identity, sexual orientation. So, you know, there, there, there will be support, there ought to be support within the workplace, but if not, look, look more broadly. There's a huge amount of, of resource available. Um, and, you know, I think it's just, it's, it's again, tapping people up and don't, don't, be, don't be shy about that. I mean, it takes a bit of confidence. Perhaps, yeah, I get that. Um, and it can be a direct approach. It can be a less direct approach. Yes. Uh, might be a broader conversation that you wish to have with a colleague around career development, career aspiration, or, or particular interventions that you think will help you move on or, or succeed within your current role. But within that context, there's a relationship forming, a relationship building with those around you. Um, and that might give you the opportunity the wherewithal capacity to to broaden out that discussion into other aspects of who you are within the context of your contributions to the workplace and those around you. 
Ian, thank you so much. There was a, a couple of things that you said there that, that really struck me. One was about straight allies will be going on their own journey and to, to kind of build that relationship with people who may also be um, exploring their thoughts and views of, uh, about themselves and others. Um, and secondly, I really love the idea of that indirect conversation you know, you don't always have to jump straight in with the, the thing that's most on your mind. It can be organic and authentic and take a bit more time. So thank you so much for sharing your views with us today. Um, I've been absolutely fascinated listening to you and I know our listeners will be too. So thank you again. And um, I hope you enjoy listening back to this in a few months time.